I want to look in verse number 36 of Luke in chapter number seven. It said, and one of the Pharisees desired him, that's Jesus, that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. Boy, I like it when I cry and read, I can't see the words, amen. <laughs> Bible said in verse number 40, said in Jesus answering, said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, the one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. They that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Thank you, I appreciate you standing. I, I do want to look at this familiar text to a lot of us here tonight, and I know you've heard preaching out of it, and I have too, but I'm going to give it a shot tonight out of Luke in chapter number seven and uh, examine these two subjects that are mentioned in the text. One of them is the man that owns the house, and he's called by name Simon of the Pharisee. And then you, then you have this woman, which the Bible said she is a sinner. This woman was a sinner, and then you have this Simon the Pharisee. So you got a religious man, and then you've got a woman of ill repute. You've got a woman with a bad reputation. And I know this, that religion is probably under attack more than any other topic in the media other than, uh, I ain't even gonna get into all that, but you understand religion is under attack. It seemed like everybody is attacking religion, and, uh, and, uh, but it's under attack by me tonight, amen. I'm attacking religion tonight because I'm not preaching about being religious, I'm preaching about being born again. And the reason being is because how many people do you know that are religious and have caused people to leave church or get offended at church. I'm talking about sinners. Now listen, I, I'm not talking about somebody that's been claimed to be saved 30 or 40 years. You ought to dress right and you ought to look right. Praise God, if you've been around enough preaching, it ought to work on you, amen, and ought to make a difference. But I'm talking about that sinners have been offended and ran out of the house of God by somebody that had religion, but more than likely just never been saved by the grace of God. And how many people 
people do you know that religious people has been a stumbling block? They've met some religious hypocrite down at the workplace or they have met some religious hypocrite, their neighbor. They, their neighbor come and ask them to go to church but then they hear the neighbor cuss the coon dog and give the mule up the road and, and get mad at the wife and use foul language. And so uh, that's what religion will do to you. But I, I wanna preach tonight on blinded by religion. Blinded by religion. Uh, Simon was blinded by his religious activity. And what had happened here is religion had darkened his understanding. He just could not understand. Now, I know there's good religion, and I know that James talks about that, pure religion and undefiled before God, uh, talking about taking care of the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. There is pure religion, good religion, but I'm talking about religion that just changes something on the outside but does not do nothing for that individual on the inside. Now, one of the Christian, one of the criticisms of Christianity, and the reason Christianity is under attack as one of the religions is the fact they say, "Well, you Christians believe that y'all are the only one that's right. Y'all believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven, and you won't give any wiggle room to anybody else." And I say guilty to that. Amen. I, I believe that if you don't trust Jesus Christ, you're not going to heaven, and that's the way Jesus put it. He said, "I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the." Father but by me. Acts 4.12 Neither is there salvation in any other for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He said look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there is none else. So Jesus is the only way. But the difference between Christianity and other religions in the world is that religion teaches somehow that man can somehow reach up to God. But that is not what Christianity is. Christianity is God reaching down to man and coming to lost sinners and saving them by his grace. See, some people say, well, now I got my own religion and me and God's got a thing going and we got some kind of deal going and we got to understand it. You don't get saved. This ain't let's make a deal. You don't get saved by making a deal with God. You get saved by coming to him as a repentant sinner, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible said, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now the word religion is defined as this, a cause or a principle or an activity that's pursued with zeal or conscientious devotion. Now what I just read there as far as religion and the definition, I just read you what Osama bin Laden that's, that's what he, 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 was de, he was devoted to it. I mean, he actively pursued that religion with zeal and conscientious devotion. And so I know there's a lot of religious people. Uh, they're really, I mean, devoted to their cause and they're de devoted to their principle and their activity. And I mean, they'll count rosary beads uh, and they'll go down and confess their sins to somebody here on this earth. Uh, and you know this, many of our heroes of faith, a lot of them been fed to the lions. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about members of the heavenly family of martyrs tonight. Uh, some of them that died most the most horrific deaths to ever be recorded in the church history and thousands of them lost their lives uh, by the hands of religion. And that's what religion will do. When Jesus came changing lives and when he was gonna do something in somebody's life, it's amazing how the religious people were always there to criticize. They were always there to find fault. They were always there to pick somebody apart. Thank God on the day I got saved, I went to 
Hilton Baptist Church. I didn't know, listen, I didn't know about King James. I didn't know NIV. I didn't know none of that stuff. But I'm telling you, when I walked in that church, I got saved at the house on a Monday morning. I went to church on a Monday night. I tell you, them people, that's glad they got saved. You could stick a coat hanger in their mouth. They were smiling from ear to ear, excited about being saved. They didn't nobody jump on me about my hair. They didn't nobody jump on me about anything else. They was just glad I was in the house of God. And I'm telling you, I don't know how I'd reacted if somebody jumped on me. I'm glad they didn't jump on me. Uh, praise God, they just loved on me and let me know that I am welcome in the house of God. Amen. I'm glad I've got more than just dead religion tonight. Amen. I've got Jesus. And what it is, the tragedy today and the reason you're seeing so many churches uh, turn into no more than social clubs and entertainment centers is because religious, believe it or not, religion is a proper, I mean, it, it is something that uh, people like to do. They like to say, well, I'm a member down here at the First Baptist or I'm a member down here at this church and they don't act like it. And what they want to do, they want to make church comfortable for everybody. They say, well, come on in. You can have all the religion you want here at Sideways Church. Uh, you can have all you want here at Re Re Rejuvenate Church. Uh, we ain't gonna say nothing to you about nothing. You just come right on in. And I won't say this. Uh, you're welcome here tonight. If you're not saved, uh, you're welcome. If you're not a member here, you're welcome. If you, if you don't look like everybody else, you're welcome. But I'm gonna say something. If you're not, if you're not right with God, I don't want you comfortable. Amen. Church ought to be a place where everybody's welcome. Nobody's sneered at. Nobody's looked down upon. But if you're not right with God, you ought not be comfortable. Amen. And I tell you what Jesus did is he made religious people very, very uncomfortable. Amen. If you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you are welcome, but I want God to do something for you tonight. Now, you know, people say, well, you know, y'all people live by a set of rules and a set of standards, and you, you really believe what the Bible says about everything. Well, we want to, and we don't always line up with it, but there's a desire in my heart to line up with the word of God and be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, amen? And I tell you, there'll be a lot of people that'll go to church this Sunday morning, and they'll pull up in the yard, they have not spent any time with God. They've been filling their mind to things of this world. But I tell you, it's just something happens. It's like a concrete or an asphalt or a gravel miracle. I mean, listen, they pull up in the yard and the next thing you know, honey, you would thought, I mean, that some great evangelist was there. I mean, they got their Bible in a headlock. They're going in there. They ain't read it all week. Amen. They ain't picked it up. They ain't looked at it. But they'll get their Bible in a headlock, come in and look down an old lost sinner and look down their sanctimonious nose and say, what in the world are they doing in there? Amen. That's what religion will do. Well, let's look first of all, look at their description. Verse number 36 back in the text. Here's what he said. He said, and one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house. Now the description, the Bible said he was a Pharisee. And here's what blinded this man. Jesus had already said it in Matthew chapter number 23 and verse 13. He said, but woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Verse 16, woe unto you, you blind guides. Verse 17, you fools and blind. Verse 19, you fools and blind. Verse 23, woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Verse 24, he said, you blind guides 
blinds. Verse 26 said, thou blind Pharisee. I know sometimes preaching gets a little pointed and they say, man, life, he's a little too plain. <laughs> he's a little too plain in preaching. Well, Jesus just called them blind and fools. Amen. I mean, listen, you know what pointed preaching does? Pointed preaching, it offends people that's only got religion. You show me somebody that gets bent up out of shape every time the preacher says anything about anything and get a, I'm not saying you may not get mad. I'm not saying you might not get a little bit upset. But every time the preacher preaches, if you're saved by the grace of God, there'll be something on the inside of you to say, well, you know what? I ain't got that right. And I sure do wish I had that right. And the preacher makes me want to get it right. Amen. Religious people don't operate that way. He was a Pharisee. See, he believed in the Old Testament. He believed in the resurrection. He believed that the Messiah was coming. That's a whole lot more than a lot of preachers believe today. Hey, amen. I mean, listen, if you add this thing up, he, you had the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees. Uh, they're mentioned about 300 occasions in the word of God. Uh, Pharisees are mentioned about 100 times in the gospel. And here's this man, he's a Sanhedrin, Orthodox Jew, had to memorize the first five books of the Bible. He was living by a list. He said, I don't do this, and I don't do that, and I don't do this. And I won't say something, please don't get critical of me, but I don't drink, and I don't smoke, and I don't chew, and I don't run with ones that do, but that don't mean I'm saved. Amen, what I just described is probably most people that have good jobs, good names in the community, they've just never been saved. And so Jesus denounced them for their hypocrisy. Hey, let me say something. I know I ain't the best in the whole wide world, uh, but I'm not acting like I'm saved. You say, well, you ain't acting like a Christian. I say, that's exactly right. It's not an act. Amen, I'm not acting like a Sutherland. I've been born one. And I'm not acting like a Christian. I've been born one. I'm gonna tell you what, when, when me and Brother Josh, when we get in that truck and ride down the road, I really like that music I'm listening to. And I praise God, listen, I wanna say something, it ain't Randy Tarvis and them other ones either, amen. I tell you what it is, it's something that's good. Most of it's good gospel music, amen. When it ain't, when it's certainly harsh, we turn it down, amen. We don't wanna hear that garbage, amen. But I wanna say something, amen. That's exactly right. I hope y'all all right, ain't you? Hey, where's that bluegrass music at? Praise God. Amen. I mean, I'm just telling you. But, but, but what you see, good, bad, ugly, whatever it is, this is real. This is not, this is not an act. I'm not, I'm not doing a show. It's not time for the song and dance. I'm really glad I'm saved. I'm really saved on the inside. This is not an act. This is something I enjoy. I love going to church. I love the people of God. I love the old Bible, precious old Bible, light of my pathway to shine. I listen, I love to pray. I love to worship God. I like to praise God when there ain't nobody around. Praise God, hallelujah. Yep, man. My cows think I've lost my mind sometimes. I'm just telling you. Amen. I'll get out there sometimes in the pastor, and I'll tell you what, I'll just get moved. <laughs> Amen. Some moving services out there. I mean, listen, I'm just telling you, what I got and what you got, I hope it's good at the house. I hope it's good when there ain't nobody else around. Hey, listen, I, I, I don't know about all this, but uh, wearing a suit and wearing a tie and these fancy shoes, whoever come up with preachers having to wear ties ought to be hung by the thing, amen? But I'm just telling you, that's what we do, and I guess that's our custom, that's just what we do, amen? 
But I'm telling you, it's not a tie and it's not a suit. It's not a pair of shoes. It's not coming down and some, going through some religious motion. Thank God it's Jesus on the inside. Oh, there's something real on the inside. There's somebody real on the inside. Amen. You had this Pharisee. Then you got this old woman here. I mean, listen, you look at the word, the wording coupled with the tradition of the day, the phrase used to describe her when it said this woman, she was, behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner by looking at everything that I've been able to understand, this woman was a woman of the night. That means she sold her body for money. She was just an old wicked, ungodly harlot. And that's all she was, just an old lost sinner. You say, what does Jesus think about lost people? He said, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Wednesday night, Brother Ricky, Brother Fane's granddaughter, she came up and I said, honey, what's wrong? And she said, I'm lost. I'm lost, I'm lost. I said, you made it way past halfway because you can't get a lot of people lost. They've got just enough religion. They've got a baptismal certificate. They can tell you what time they signed a little old card somewhere and shut the preacher's hand. Thank God I got more than just religion when Jesus saved my soul. Jesus knew who this woman was and what she had done. And Jesus knew Simon all too well. Their description, but you talk about this right here is shocking. Now the difference, the difference in these people. They were socially opposite. I mean, socially speaking, they were opposites. I mean, Simon was a very well-respected man in the community. No doubt Simon was a leader. And I can hear Miss Simon, you know, you know, my husband's a Pharisee, you know that, don't you? And you know, he's down there and little old Simonettes, you know, you know my, you know, daddy's in charge of the synagogue. You know, my daddy's down, he's in charge of the church. He's the head knocker down there at the church. No doubt even Mama Simon said, yeah, my boy, you know, he, he's down there at the synagogue running everything and everybody in town thought he was real good. Everybody in town thought, oh, I wish my boy would turn out like Mr. Simon, but then you have this old sinner woman in the text. Everybody in town said, oh, I sure hope my daughter don't turn out like that woman there. Lord, I sure hope that she don't, my daughter don't end up being like that woman is there. She's looked down upon, I mean, the very last thing you wanted your daughter to turn out was how this woman had turned out in the text. The very last thing that you wanted your cousin to be is she's female is to be what this woman is right here in the text. And I know there's parents that deal with that today about, well, why did my boy turn out wrong? And why did my girl turn out like she turned out? I won't say something about the Holy Ghost and this ain't in the outline. I say keep praying for him, Mama. Daddy, keep praying for him. My grandma died in 88. I got saved in 97. She prayed me in the kingdom of God. You keep on praying, amen. They may, they may be in a lot better shape. You say, well, they got back in church. Or they, they got, that's good. That's good if they're back in church. I'll tell you what, a lot of people, they'll say, well, you know, he's getting worse and worse and worse. And I don't understand. Every time I talk to her, she's getting worse and worse. She's getting meaner and meaner. She's getting more aggressive. I'm telling you, you might be right at the threshold of God saving that individual because I remember how I was before I trusted the Lord. Amen. Simon to tell you, you know, he'd say, you know what, I, I don't reckon I've done, I don't do, do anything wrong. Simon would say, I don't reckon I've ever done anything wrong. I know I don't do anything wrong. This old woman in the text that Jesus said, I mean, she'd say, 
I guess everything I do, I can't help but do wrong. Everywhere I go, I'm doing wrong. Everywhere I go, I'm bad. Simon would say, you know, I'm a good fella. She'd say, oh, no, not me. Please don't turn out like me. Uh, please don't be like me. Here's Simon. He's supposed to be holy. I mean, he's supposed to have it all together. But here's this woman, you know. Uh, Simon knew every bit of the word. Uh, all she knew was living in the world. Uh, she said, listen, I don't know anything about the Bible. I can't tell you any scripture. I don't know anything about the Pentateuch. I have no idea idea what this Bible's talking about. I don't know nothing about the Bible. All I know is I'm wicked and I'm ungodly and I'm a sinner. But I tell you what, here's right here. This is the shocker. You'd think that Mr. Religion is the fellow that had the good respect and not only was he respected in the community, you'd think he'd have respect to Christ. He don't. As a matter of fact, the only person in this text that had respect for Jesus Christ is this old sinner. And I'm gonna tell you what, it's pretty bad when you got a harlot that puts you in the corner. Pretty bad when the harlot makes you look bad. But that's exactly what happened in the text. You say, how is that? Well, I want you to look what happened. Back in the Bible days, that's why it's important here when Jesus begins to turn to Simon and he said, Simon, seest thou this woman? And I'm talking about blinded by religion. He couldn't see her, see? Because he couldn't see himself. He said, seest thou this woman? He said, I entered in thy house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. He said, thou gavest me no kiss. My head with oil, thou didst not anoint. Now back in the Bible days, if you had a guest, there were some things that you did. There was a protocol. Back in the day when somebody would come in and they were a guest, uh, you would get the standard way of greeting back then. Back then was a kiss. I'm talking about back then was a kiss, amen? Now I know I've, I've been fist bumped during this time. I've been given a high hat in these days. I've been given the elbow bump. Every once in a while you'll get a handshake. But I'm gonna tell you what, friend, it, it doesn't take no social distance for me to know that there ain't no man gonna be kissing on me when I get to church. That's why we give the right hand. You say, you bad to church? Yes. I've heard people say, well, buddy, I tell you what, we believe exactly like they believe in the New Testament. We're a New Testament, independent, fundamental, Baptist church. I say, do y'all kiss one another when you come in the house? <laughs> now, I'm gonna tell you, that's what it says. Greet one another with a holy kiss. That was then, this is now. We still working on that at Concord. Say amen right there. We, we ain't got that far yet. We're still shaking hands or whatever, hi hat or hey y'all, call it whatever, but we don't kiss one another, amen. Ain't nobody got no business kissing my wife except me. Somebody say amen right there. We shake hands. <laughs> but back then, if you were a coworker or a fellow Pharisee or somebody on your social level, you'd kiss them on the cheek. If you thought somebody was superior to you, you'd kiss them on the hand. And that's what was going on in the text. But if you didn't kiss them at all, if you didn't even pay any attention to them, then you wouldn't even offer anything toward them. You ignored them. And the reason that Simon ignored the Lord here is because he did not know who he was. Now, I'm gonna tell you this. When God gets to moving in a service, and, and Brother Josh and I was having a, uh, we was having a discussion about somebody last night, and, and it was good. I mean, it was a good thing. And, and he was talking about, well, I, you know, we was talking about this person getting saved, this person being saved. And I said, it didn't surprise me at all because there was no life there. I mean, good person, good individual, they just no spiritual life. 
There's no light that's just dead and trespasses and in sin. You don't have to hoot and holler all the time. You don't have to swing from the chandeliers and I can't get up there and I'm too fat to hang on them and swing on them if I wanted to. It ain't all about swinging on the chandeliers. It ain't all about that and I love all of that. I'm telling you, do you have something real in the deepest recess of your soul when the biggest storm in your life is hit, when you don't understand there is still somebody on the inside that says persevere, keep going, being confident in this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. If you've been doubting your salvation, I want you to listen to me tonight. I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna help you. You say you believe you're in any doubt in your salvation? Well, I know I've heard these preachers get up and say, well, you know, if, you're doubt your, if you doubt your salvation, then I doubt your salvation. When all I said, I thought, well, that man said that one time. I said, I doubt your salvation. <laughs> Amen. If you're going to be mean, praise God, I can get in there. With you. I doubted his salvation. <laughs> Amen. You say, why is it? I'm just telling you, the devil hadn't left me alone Amen. for 23 years. He's been right on me, amen. But I'm telling you, there's somebody real on the inside. His name is Jesus. He said, thou gavest me no kiss, washing the feet, same way. They traveled on foot back in the day, and obviously. And when you had somebody come in, if it, uh, of course, if they was a guest, they would bring in some water. And it's the same thing. If they thought you was co-equal, they would, the servant would wash the visitor's feet. If you felt they were socially above you, you washed the feet. But if you were above them, and that's what happened in the text. Simon didn't even offer the Lord a basin. He didn't offer him anything. And I'm telling you, that's what religion is. Religion is, religion is, Lord, what, God, what can you do for me? How can you get me out of this? How can you fix that? How can you put, put plenty of money in my bank? How can you do this for me? God, how can you fix this for me? God, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? Being saved by the grace of God, it's Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? God, it ain't what you can do for me. It's just, it's just a fact of what you can do for me, not what I can do for you. When you're saved, there'll be a desire in your heart to do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. This man didn't want to do anything for Jesus. All the same way, a guest of equal the servant did it. If you thought they were above you, you'd anoint them with oil. Hey man, some of y'all girls, y'all done got excited. Y'all done broke out the frankincense and the midnight violet or whatever that stuff is, orange blossom special. My wife's got enough oils. I mean, she's got oils in her purse. There's enough oil that cure seven year itch and everything else you got. I mean, she's got an oil for this and an oil for that. Uh, but you know, they never did him offer the Lord the oil. Uh, Jesus meant nothing to him. Now, no doubt there's some special guests there that night. Oh, well, it's good to have with us tonight the rabbi of Thrive Church. It sure is good to have, oh, Mr. Rabbi with his wife and children. Sure is good to have him with us tonight. Honey, why don't you give that Rocky Mountain? Why don't you give them living oil? Why don't you give them the password there on Amazon? Where they can get all this oil, they won't just use our password. We done got our card on there. You get all the oil you want. But they paid no attention to Jesus. He didn't even know when he showed up in the house. That's what religion does. What is all this? I don't understand. You may not understand it all. And the first time I seen somebody running, I couldn't tell if they was chasing somebody or somebody was chasing them. And that's the truth. But I'm telling you, I knew something had happened on the inside of me. And I said, praise God. Uh, listen, I, I wasn't critical of it. 
I've seen them act strange. I've seen them do a whole lot of things. I've been at Faith Baptist camp. I've seen some strange things. I've seen the fella cut right down the middle one night and his toupee come off and he's doing like that right there when he's running up and down the aisle. My, this, is before I, this is before I got... I got right with God. My wife was in there and she said up one night, said they got to running around the building and y'all been there at Faith Baptist Camp, them big old metal poles hanging out the side and she said all of a sudden, I mean, there's a, a screaming and a hollering over and and somebody just T-boned one of them, amen? You say, I don't know if they real or not. I don't know if that's real or not. That is a glad day in my life and I'm telling you, it didn't take me long. I don't care if the whole outfit's not real. Let them run, as long as they don't run over me. I don't care, scream, holler, squall, whatever. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is real. I've got a real salvation. I've got a real savior, real spirit. Praise God, he's real, amen. He wasn't real to Simon. And here they are in this guest, and I mean, you know, they got all the kiss on both cheeks. I mean, they may even got them a pedicure while they was there. But here's Simon. And he only sees her as a sinful woman. Jesus saw her as a needful woman. She was the one guest that didn't want what Simon had. He had, and I don't blame her. He's mean. He's rude. He's condescending. He's hateful. He's haughty. And I tell you this, she, she does what Simon would not do. She says, I tell you what, that man, I've, I've heard of him. And there's something wrong with me. And there's... I need somebody to help me. And I tell you what she does, she comes to Jesus and she goes overboard with it. I mean, she falls down at his feet and she begins to kiss his feet. I mean, she takes it way overboard. She goes way beyond what old Simon would, I would never do that. I'd never kneel down at his feet. I'd never pay homage to that man named Jesus. I want to one more time, this side of glory, 200, none of your business pounds, and I hope I can get back up. I want to bow my knee one more time at the Bible Baptist Church in Roseville, Georgia, and say, Jesus Christ is my Lord, and I love you, Jesus, and there ain't nobody like you, and I bless your heart holy name and I exalt you and I magnify you Lord thank you God for saving my soul thank you for rescuing me from hell thank you for getting me out of that old horrible pit I was in changing my life thank you Lord ten thousand times bless the Lord oh my soul and all that's within me bless your holy name thank God amen everybody got embarrassed in here I guess just then except the Lord Whoa, it didn't bother him one bit. You say, why? Because I remember where I was 23 years ago and I know where I'd be on a Friday night. But Jesus come to where I was and thank God he didn't see what I was but what I could be, amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. Yep, man. You say, what'd she say? I'll tell you tonight. If you can take Luke chapter number seven, and show me where this woman prayed a prayer. If you'll show me one word this woman said in this text tonight, Grant Hardeman will give you $1,000. He got plenty, you know how pastors are. Plenty of money. <laughs> she said nothing. She did not say one word. Not one. Here's what the devil done. Well, you're not saved because you don't remember what you said. I've heard preachers get up 
And I, and I, I have said some things and I went back and listened to it. I was like, I didn't mean that like that. You could almost twist that and say that I believe something that I don't believe. It didn't, maybe didn't come out right or whatever. But I, I'll tell you, I, I've said things that, that, that didn't exactly come out like they should come out. And I've heard preachers get up and say, well now, if you don't remember exactly what you said and, and if you don't remember that, and I'm like, man alive, I can't remember. And I'm telling you, I first got saved and I mean, I know God saved me, changed my life. But I, I heard a preacher get up and he just made a statement about like what I just said. If you can't remember what you, and here's what I did, Brother Ricky. I started, I went back, Brother Cape, and I was like, what, what did I say? And I'm telling you, I opened up that door of doubt. And when I opened up the door of doubt, I mean, I'm telling you, the devil came in and began to attack my mind. It began to say, what did you say? Well, I started trying to rehearse it in my mind. And I was so tore up. I mean, listen, I'm talking about going to church. I knew God had saved me and changed me, but then I got to thinking, did I say the right thing? Did I do the right thing? What was I, was my, was my voice right? Was my wording right? Did I say the right things to get him to save me? And I wish I could say it was a dynamic message that I heard from some preacher, but it was not. I was at the house and listening to y'all don't even know what some of us don't even know what this is but I was listening to a cassette tape Brother Allen used to say the cassette tape I was listening to the cassette tape and the, and the primitives were in there and I heard him in the background every hope that I have here in this old sinful world is anchored in the blood of the Lamb and I said God I don't remember what I said and I don't remember what all I went through that day but all I know when I got up off my knees. I was a new man living in a new world. I hate the things I used to love, love the things I used to hate. I don't know what I said, but I know what you did. Thank God, by the, and I may doubt on the way home, amen. I may doubt on the way home. And if I let Josh drive, I may get saved two or three more times before I get home, amen. But I'm gonna tell you one thing. Jesus is on the inside. And you may not know what all you said, but what did he do for you that day? And I'm gonna say something, I don't have to go back 23 years. I can go back 23 minutes, amen, to know what Jesus did for me. She sang that song the other night. I believe there's power in the blood of the Lamb. And I believe there's healing in the touch of his hand, but the greatest of all miracles is that Jesus would save me. I tell you, Brother Ricky, I believe you're saved. I really do, I believe you're saved. Now, I went and asked Miss Nolita, and she'd say, well, probably 90% of the time, I probably believe you. I believe there's some saved folk in here. But if everybody in here don't think I'm saved, I'm saved. I'm saved. You know why? Because the Lord lets me know I belong to him. And I tell you, it's not an audible voice, and sometimes you're going to have to walk by faith and not by sight. When did you come to Jesus as a sinner? Not as a man. Boy, God, you're really gonna get a great catch when I come now. Here I come, I'm, I'm leaving this, you know, this great, great uh, position of authority. I'm, oh, not me. When I came to Jesus, I had nothing. You say, why? Because I poured it all out before him. Here's what she said. She took the alabaster box Oh, she took that alabaster box and said the street life's over with. Night walking's over with. Doing the things I've been doing's over with. 
and she took that little alabaster, and I, you, you know, you picture a big old box, but it actually wasn't. It was something they would wear around their neck, and it contained perfume. And no doubt that's what she used to attract those men. Buddy, that night she said, listen, my chasing men days is over with. I mean, my running around's over with. Lord, you can take this is all I got. This is all I got, this old alabaster box. And she broke the box before him and just poured it all out and said, Lord, everything I've got now belongs to you. I don't have nothing to go back to. Thank God I remember when I cut the chains of this world. And when I said, no more, I'll see you and I won't be back by the grace of God. She cut ties with the old life. Amen, and desired anew. Sounds like repentance to me, friend. Amen. She poured it all out before the Lord. Look at their debt, and I'm done. Verse number 40. Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. He said, Master, say on. He said, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. Now, I'm going to tell you this. The creditor there is Jesus. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The two debtors are Simon and the sinner woman in the text. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? I'm going to say something, friend. If you don't have nothing to pay, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. He said, Simon, you think you got it all together? You got all the money, you got all the wealth, you've got a house, you've got prestige, but in my eyes, you have nothing. This woman has nothing. Jesus put the religious Pharisee and the woman of the night on the same level. He said, I'm the creditor, y'all are the debtors, and both of you have nothing to pay. I'm telling you, I got friends in this building tonight and they'll testify to you. Some of them, they never got out, never got out in the world, never did some of the things that I'm ashamed about tonight and that I would never tell. But I'm telling you, on the day they got saved by the grace of God, God let them see themselves as the most wicked, ungodly, rotten, hell-deserving sinner. And Jesus said, both of you have a debt that you cannot pay, and I will forgive you both. But only one saw their need for forgiveness. Have you ever seen your need to be forgiven by Jesus Christ? All I can recall is saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. But you know why that I know I've repented? Because today, I said, Lord, I'm sorry. Well, I sure am sorry. And I'm not talking about chasing skirts and shooting dice and playing the lottery. I'm just talking about forgetting where God found me or pride, haughtiness, and forgetting where I was when I was just a sinner. I'll say to you tonight, if all you've got religion, you'll leave just like Simon left that day. He kept his religion and he left knowing nothing. He knew nothing about forgiveness. She left with forgiveness clean slate, a brand new life, both debtors, both with nothing to pay. The only kind of righteousness God accepts is the kind he provided through Jesus Christ. Do you have religion tonight or do you have Jesus? Let's everybody stand.